are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Listen to Locked On Wildcats podcast. I'm Mike Luke, joined by John Schuster. We got Bruno Luke coming in. Bruno, here as are you well. trying a new strategy uh, of Bruno sniffing is, here? Just so you guys know, you might be saying, "Who's this Bruno guy?" Well, Bruno carries the show. Is this Bruno, Bruno guy? is a 12-year-old rescue pooch who is a he's an interesting dog. I think it's fair to say he's he's very quirky. To give you an idea, a little bit about Bruno, um, Bruno essentially, and keep in mind, Bruno's 12. Bruno's not two. And Bruno essentially destroyed my entire wall last summer. <laughs> I saw that. Yes. Bruno, you destroyed the entire wall last he summer. He essentially did. He tried. Well, he didn't essentially. He pretty much did. He brought the entire thing down. Oh, and he's trying to do the same to John Schuster's face right he, now. He's, he's working on a new strategic yes, approach here. But, but the problem is is that Bruno's also not a good detective and that he shows his, he shows his paws before. <laughs> yes. uh, but um, Bruno basically... Um, and we couldn't figure out why. I'm having to have John Schuster come over and watch him while I'm at work. Mm-hmm. I'm having to have other people uh, come over. Uh, fortunately, I no longer work at that one place. So you know what, Bruno? You wouldn't be allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. But we couldn't figure out for the longest time, why is he destroying me? He was just trying to get into my uh, bedroom because really? he wanted to sleep in there and the oh. door was shut. So Bruno, about a fifteen hundred dollars later, mm-hmm. um, right. we discover that you know you what? discover the dog ownership is expensive. Oh well, I've discovered that. <laughs> in many. I give you an idea about this dog, Mister mm-hmm. Bruno, right here. His ch- ch- his fresh chompers, yeah. cost over forty four hundred dollars, and he wants to show them by biting off my chin yes, or my uh, nose or my he, ear. And he, and he looks at it and he sees uh, John Schuster and says, "Oh, oh, 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 oh. did one. he get you? Oh, yeah, almost. He, almost. he knows. He knows he, the yeah, chin. Can, there. Okay, that was right. pretty good. Sometime we're gonna have to do a live uh, view mm-hmm, of this so you right. can see what Schuster's trying to navigate. Uh-huh. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit of Arizona. <laughs> Why not? Let's talk a little bit of Arizona athletics. Look at this. So you. What are the what teams when because you don't like lists? What Bruno? What are you doing? Bruno <laughs> Bruno doesn't like lists either. Yeah, Bruno doesn't. Bruno's like in lists. the way of the podcast, and he's he's figured out a strategy that he knows I want to talk close to the microphone or drink my drink while I'm doing. And so he walks on Wildcat Sports both. Podcast. So he's in between both. Yes, he likes he's got John, he's got good proximity he right likes, now. He likes John trying to Schuster. get him to walk through. He doesn't want to walk through here. He's just kind of sneaky. He, you can see he's got sneaky side eye and then yep. side eye. He's and doing he's got a, fake a little yawn. bit of that of that pit bull thing going on too, <clears> where <throat> like the eye is kind of on the side of the head a little right, bit. So with right. the great peripheral vision, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that actually translates. No, to that, that, that also isn't a word, but that's okay. Um, what <clears throat> peripheral vision? Oh, is that what you said? Peripheral? Yeah. Okay. What your do you pro- think I said? Your, your pronunciation of peripheral. Your pronunciation? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do apologize. Of, of peripheral yeah. sounded so, weird to me. Sorry, Meanie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so let's, let's talk a little bit of Arizona. What are the teams out there right I'll now that you look at mm. and you say, you know what? If I had to... If I had to bet on them against the A, mm-hmm. I'm probably betting on them over the A. Oh, by the way, Bruno has moved around to the other side now. Um, anything with a... <laughs> Bruno, you have food, dude. Bruno, there's right food there. over there. Food, food, food. food. I mean... That's me shaking food. You yep. should eat that. Huh? Oh, wow. I guess I could do that. Yes, Bruno, you could do that. Yes. Okay. Dumbass. Um, t- uh, uh, teams with uh, good backcourts. Right. Backcourts that can uh, limit turnovers 
and uh, dictate tempo. Right. So the Arkansas, the Alabamas, the Would Baylors. Would the 97-98 Arizona basketball team be a big problem for this team? It actually could be. That's an interesting uh, That's an I mean, interesting when you comparison. set up a team with a good backcourt. Yeah, right. And <laughs> and, and I guess that, that one, I guess that team could be decent. <laughs> yeah, you know, could, right. could, could follow that through. I think those are the... Those are the teams that can, you know, and th- those are the teams that can create problems. The, I think another team that can create problems is a team like Michigan State and obviously Purdue mm-hmm. because they're big on the front court. Right. And if you can yuck get, the game up, yeah. A little bit. And if you can get Coloco into foul trouble, then uh, you know that can be problematic. One of the things that Michigan State does very well uh, is they rebound and use rebounding for transition. So Unlike they do what, Arizona, which would rebound in years past correct, and, and wouldn't do and to use it for transition. Correct. Yes. Now Arizona does the same thing, but two of the areas that concern me about Arizona, and, and, and again, the Cats are way ahead of where we all, I think, all thought they'd be, and I think there's reason to believe they're going to remain ahead, that this isn't an anomaly. Right. That, that Arizona's, what, 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 what are they, roughly eighth right now? Yeah, Okay. Right. Um, this is a top ten team. They they're they're probably going to hover in that in, in, in that territory for the remainder of the mm-hmm. year, and they belong there. Okay, so, um, but there are certain you know like with any teams, there, there there are certain styles out there that can be a problem. One of the things that I think is a potential problem for Arizona, I'm not sure how good they are in transition defense, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think a team like Michigan State, a team like Duke can take advantage of that sort of thing. Right. Uh, they can rebound really well and get down court quickly, and I'm not sure if Arizona transitions itself very well, uh, particularly well at this stage in that regard. Uh, the other thing, the, and that, that's one style, the other style is a backcourt dominant team. Okay. That and hence the 97-98. Yeah, the, uh, scenario that you brought up again. You know, and, and we saw this to some degree with uh, Tennessee. Right. Uh, but those sorts of teams that have athletic backcourts that can limit Arizona's ability to force turnovers, mm-hmm. uh, I think can can make things can make things challenging. Right. Doesn't mean that Arizona can't win those games, but it can make things it can make things challenging. Uh, I think. If you were breaking this down, though, uh, from the other perspective, who were teams at the beginning of the year that you thought were legitimate title contenders? Mm-hmm. You know, Baylor, Kansas, Duke, Gonzaga, you know, maybe maybe you threw Kentucky in there. I think a lot of people liked Alabama. Mm-hmm. A lot of people liked Arkansas with Musselman there and so forth. We like Musselman. We're on the Musselman. UCLA, bus. of course. Yeah. Apologies mm-hmm. for not including UCLA earlier. Uh, teams in that group. Arizona is now a team that you throw into that group right. that is a surprise. Mm-hmm. From, the, from, from, from the beginning of the year when the talk was, can Arizona, what was the phrase? Arizona backdoors its way into the tournament? Yes, Some, yes, something yes, like that? Yes. Or they're a back, what'd you say? Uh, I said top back, 25 no, team? no, no, I will not allow you to sit here and misquote me. But yeah, that, I said they are a back end, end top end. 25 I can never remember it's the back door or the back end with you. Bruno, Bruno says that's a very important <laughs> distinction. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so, so you saw them as a relative Relative quote, paraphrase quote, back mm-hmm. end top right. 25 team most of this year. Right. Okay. They've exceeded that. Right. And and, and now they've gone from being a back end right. top 25 team to being a team that can conceivably be a real problem in the tournament and a problem for a lot of competition. Right. And one of the things we've seen up to this point in the year is that they're never out of a game. Right. And we've had 
two pretty good examples of that now. We uh, The at-Illinois game, and again, Il- Il- Illinois is a legitimately good basketball team that has a chance to play in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. They could be a Sweet 16 team. Right. Uh, Arizona went to their venue and weathered a 19 nothing run on the road and won the game. Mm-hmm. There were at least a half dozen things at Tennessee that went wrong for Arizona. Right. Uh, some of them were out of their control. Much of it was in their control. And they still somehow had a chance to win in the last minute. Right. So you start looking at that. You start pulling away from that. And that and that harkens back to what you've now been discussing for a while on some of these podcasts in regards to Arizona's margin of error. Right. And if you have a team that has that kind of margin of error, it gives you a better opportunity to weather bad games. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the tournament... What's going to happen? Is Matherin going to have a bad shooting day? Right. Maybe. Can you win that game if he does? Maybe. Because you've got a guy like Creasa. You've got guys like Tabellus. You've got Coloco. You've got uh, Terry, who plays well defensively. You can piecemeal some other things together. What happens if Coloco gets in foul trouble? Does that? Are you in a position where you can win that right. game? Maybe. Because you've got Matherin, who can score 30 points. You know, so 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 there are ways that Arizona can kind of fill the gaps, if slash when something goes wrong in an NCAA tournament game. Right. And so much of it is luck, and so much of it is, you know, what happens in the moment. But a lot of teams get hurt because if they're, if a premier player gets has some something going against them then the team as a whole isn't really capable of making up the difference, right. and they're bounced from the tournament. What Arizona has shown is that if a key player has something that isn't going particularly well, their ability to cover that up in other areas right. has improved. And that, gives, and, and that at least gives them a few more options right. to try to get through, which is often what the tournament's all about. Would you say, would you say this is a tough team? It's hard to argue they aren't. Mentally, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because you don't get down. And, and that surprises me. I'll, get, I'll admit to you this that, that surprises me. You don't That's get, a pleasant surprise. Yes, you don't get down in the manners the way in which they mm. have and come back on all different kinds of venues, away, home, neutral court, the way they have. But I guess my other question is this. And, uh, oh, shoot, we're against, a, we're against a break. Let's take a quick break, and I'll, uh, we'll come back with this. You're listening to the AZ Wildcat, or excuse me, the uh, Locked On Wildcats podcast. I'm Mike Luke. All right, Schuster. First of all, let's get one read in here. Um, but uh, I was asking you before I uh, so gently teased, mm-hmm. right, um, right, as to if this was a, as if th- this was a t- uh, a mentally tough Arizona or uh, Arizona men's basketball team, and you said that it uh, it surprised you a little bit. But, uh, yes, they are from a mental perspective. Now, one thing that I don't think that we have to bet, uh, we have to question at all is that Bilt Bar is tough. Oh, goodness, no. Bilt Bar is tough. If you were to watch this team, you would certainly think that there's a good, op- a good chance that they have consumed Bilt Bars. I don't think that there's any, chance, any way around that. This is a team that is probably on that Bilt Bar diet. Um, all right, now, go ahead. Is this a tough team? Uh, and... I'll, he- I'll hedge that. I think they were probably a tough team even last year that wasn't able to maximize right. uh, what it had as well as, you know, it has 
so so far right. this year. Okay, there's been a lot of growth on this team. So it wasn't that Arizona didn't fight last year. Arizona right. was a fighting team last year, but there's fight and then there's talent, and right. Arizona has a little bit of both. Right. So, but. But but when that's good, when you have talent, what you don't want to see is that talent wilts. Right. You know, the, the, the moment is too big or there's too much frustration or they just can't get it done. Arizona has shown a willingness to continue to power through difficulties. And that's a good sign that you feel like they're, they, they give themselves an opportunity more often than not. Mm-hmm. And so if they're down 10... You don't necessarily feel like they're out of the game because they didn't fold. And the Tennessee game, I think, is, while frustrating on a lot of levels, is really provides optimism. Because mm-hmm. Arizona didn't play well in that game, had a chance to just fold it up, couldn't, could never get over the hump. It was, you know, roll the rock up the hill, do something stupid and fall back down. Roll the rock up the hill, do something stupid and fall back down. Roll the rock up the hill, don't get the rebound, the other team scores a three. You're constantly trying to fight to get over the hump. And, and, and at one brief moment, they were right there right. and able to do it. So, so, so it wasn't one of those situations where they got close and got close and got close and they lost by 15. Right. It was one of those situations where they had, they had opportunities pretty much all the way to the end to get back into this game and win. And their relentless nature is good to see. Mm-hmm. They just keep sticking with it. And, and the eventuality is, and I think this is largely the Lloyd philosophy, is that the roster is good. They've got the style is good. They've got a they, they, they've got a fair amount of depth, and if they just keep sticking with it, eventually they're going to get the other team to blink. Right. And if they get the other team to blink, that's when they're going to be able to go on a run and work through this. And and, and so that's toughness. Obviously, that's that that that's a bil- that's a system that's an ability that's toughness. And Arizona has checked off a lot of those boxes this year. And I, I think as we conclude. 2021, looking to the rest of what's going on uh, from a college basketball standpoint and where Arizona is in that landscape, it, it becomes, uh, you know, you have to feel optimistic about where this is going. This is going to be, if you don't mind me progressing oh, yeah, no, a little bit here, since we like to be ahead of the curve. Well, no, we'd like to be ahead of the curve and we'd like to be uh, uh, harbingers, harbingers of honesty. honesty. <laughs> yes, harbingers of honesty. Yes. One of the things, because it looks like, you know, barring a catastrophe, Arizona's probably going to be a top three seed. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay? I thought you were going to say Arizona's probably going to get into the tournament. Yes, yes. There appears to be a likelihood that Arizona's going to be a top three seed. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to find five games on the schedule that they're going to lose. Right. You know, so, so that's, you know, let, let's work off that premise. Arizona in, was it Miller's first year, or it was his second year, wasn't it, when they got to the Elite Eight with Williams? Uh, yeah, second year. Okay. Head of schedule. This is very similar to that. This is very similar to that, the ahead of schedule thing. So what you hope you can do by being ahead of schedule is take advantage of that, and it becomes maybe more imperative than we'd like to admit that Arizona has a good tournament run. Mm-hmm. Uh and then has the ability to build upon that good tournament run with the types of players that, that uh, it, it has coming in. But to do that, you know, we're going to see how – what we don't want to see with a team that's just getting started is uh, early Lute Olsen teams, early Mark Few style teams mm-hmm. uh, that overachieved in the regular season 
and then got into the tournament and, and you decided the talent and you noticed then the talent across from them ultimately prevailed. Right. So you don't want Arizona to get bounced in the second round here. You want I think it's that that, that I would agree. I think that. it's important to try to catapult this. You know, especially early in the process, does it mean that, you know, the rebuilding process is shot as a result of losing in the first round versus advancing to the final four? No. But it certainly helps you get to the final four to catapult and get that brand back out there mm-hmm. to try to get players, even more players, interested in the, in, in the prospect of playing at a school that plays in a good system in a Power 5 conference and has uh, national title aspirations. And that's, you're going to want to go to betonline.ag to find all of that stuff. Again, betonline Antigua, not betonline.anthonygimino. Check it out. It's, it's awesome. We will be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to Locked on Wildcats.